Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. Today, I'm with John Earhart. John, you want to do a quick intro about yourself? Sure. I, my background is in unscripted television, spent my entire life since I was about 15 years old in TV and just transitioned the last few years, what I've done, spent my whole life doing into the AI tech world. Thanks for the intro. To start off, you want to give us like a brief overview on your journey from being a, an unscripted Hollywood TV producer to the CEO of Orson? Sure. I, I started in television actually when I was about 16 years old, never went to college, was homeschooled. Or I convinced my parents to homeschool me through high school so I could start working in TV at a young age because I had an opportunity to do so. And I was doing high school on the weekends. I spent the last 25 years working in mainly unscripted. So that goes back to even before reality TV existed. It was when it was stuff was documentary and docuseries got to produce. I feel like I've got to live a thousand lives because I've produced for every network under the sun, but more importantly, for every sort of subculture you could imagine in, in the country and got to tell stories from all walks of life for all kinds of different audiences. And I had an epiphany a few years ago that I really wasn't in the television business, that I really was in the business of connecting people because really what the skill set of an unscripted producer is to connect a real person with millions of strangers within minutes on TV. And I realized that even though I had been doing this my whole life, really the power of people's stories and helping real people find those stories and share them in a compelling, entertaining way and how that really connected, connected humanity. And during the COVID window, it sort of hit me. I think we all experienced the, there's been a huge shift in the culture, the tribalistic nature of how people are more compartmentalized than ever. I think there's just a huge disconnect between people. And I think there's lots of factors that went into that. You have COVID and everybody was isolated, remote work environments. So you didn't have people interacting at, at, in the office and in, in boardrooms or at the water cooler per se, or after work with drinks. You also have the evolution of technology, which I think as technology gets better, it allows humans to not have that direct, authentic interaction. And so those soft skills atrophy. So I think there's just in a perfect storm of how we as humans probably always sucked at communicating. <laughs> it's not a strength of most people, but I think that's sort of a perfect storm really just made it a lot worse. And I set on a journey to figure out how I could take what I spent my entire life doing, how to automate that process of helping real people who typically don't like being on camera. They don't think they have a story to tell or that their story is super interesting and helping to pull and automate the process of directing people with tech to pull out their stories, craft it in a way that would be really powerful to share for different purposes for of all kinds of different uses. In, in Hollywood, it's obviously getting affected by this new type of technology called generative AI. What is like the driving force or like the moment of realization that led you to combine the worlds of the traditional video storytelling that you're like accustomed to with net new emerging technologies, like for instance, like generative AI or AI in general. What I'm seeing right now in Hollywood is that like generative AI is just making a huge surge 
um, yeah, absolutely. into that field. And I wanted to get your takes on on how that's affecting you and the business in general. Yeah, I think generative AI on this on the scripted side is having a huge impact. That's a lot of what you're seeing right now with the writer strike and everything that's happening. And it, it is scary for the industry in one sense, and it's also going to unlock a huge new potential for every writer, creator, producer, artist. I, I think the scary part right now is there's lots of unknowns and everybody's trying to crack the code and get ahead of what this is going to look like in this new deal structure. And they're unfortunately really far apart on this, but I'm hopeful they're going to solve that. I think in the unscripted side of the business, it, it's much different. A generative AI, I think, works actually better and easier in the scripted world. And there's tons of amazing companies that are already showing and doing all kinds of promising work in that space. I think for us in the unscripted space, what generative AI unlocked was when you do an unscripted story or the story starts, but you don't know where the story ends. In prior to generative AI, there's very there's a lot of limitations in how we could do that with what we're doing at Orson, just with with the algorithm, with the algorithms to tell that story. What generative AI unlocks is we can we're actually training an AI director so that it can take someone on a journey of discovering their story without knowing it predetermined. And that's been mind blowing to watch evolve and train and learn. And I think it's an unlock some really cool things for the unscripted world as well. But it's actually, I, in my mind, it, it, from my experience of doing this the last two years, it's actually more complex to do the unscripted version than the scripted because the scripted version too, if you think about it, there's a lot of data you could pull from because of the models, of the existing data of all the scripted shows that have ever been done, right? So you could train something on a South Park series and generate new episodes, which some people have already played with. If you've seen some of that running around Twitter and different things with unscripted, there's less data to train on uh, in that sense. And so we're actually having to build models and trainers to do a lot of human reinforcement learning to, to get it to where it needs to be for this to work in a safe way, especially. You know? Yeah, that sounds like a great market opportunity to go into the unscripted like AI field, right? Can you elaborate on some of the roadblocks challenges that in like the traditional storytelling process that that you're like that you're trying to solve like with Orson? Cuz it looks like one of like the biggest problems that you have is being able to figure out how it ends correctly. Like how far have you been able to generate models that would predict like the ending of that, of the storytelling process. Yeah. It's interesting. I think the when people think of producers or storytellers or to be a good unscripted producer, you have to be a great storyteller. And that is super important, but that's only half of the equation that part of the science of storytelling is really understanding purpose, audience, and goal, right? Who's the audience we're trying to talk to? What is the purpose? for talking to them and what's the goal we're trying to achieve in talking to them. I think the part that the most difficult part in training AI and to, to your question, where do you tell how to get to stop? That's the piece that actually makes that, it's the most difficult piece of it, but it actually is the answer to the question. So if we're trying to get employees at a company to be able to create a story strip, which a story strip for Orson is basically a, for lack of a better terms, it's a template that's got the directors and the AI and the music and graphics and goal and all this stuff baked into it. And a story strip can generate millions of episodes, unique episodes based on who's participating in that episode. So for us, we can create a story strip that has a purpose of 
we want to connect a bunch of remote workers at a company that work on a team to do a fun episode that helps tell their stories and they all watch it in like a group video kind of thing. And so we can start with understanding what the purpose of that piece is, have some specific goals that we're, we're trying to achieve, and then t- teach the AI on what those goals look like and how to recognize when those have been achieved. And it's phenomenal. I think one of the most exciting moments I've had in, in working on this was, was seeing the AI recognize the stop point. I know that sounds weird, but that actually was one of the most impressive parts where it, it sees the goal is achieved emotionally, right? It, it asked enough follow-up questions based on the guidelines and how we trained it, where it thought the goal was achieved, that for a work environment, it got to the bottom of this person's story to achieve the goal it, that's appropriate for that environment for the team to know each other better. But anyway, that, that's, I don't know if I answered your question fully, but that would be my best take on it. Man, it sounds like an intriguing tool. Like, how did you manage to merge like the realms of science and magic and storytelling? Can you walk us through step by step? I'm like, I, I don't know that. So maybe you could try to explain it to me in like layman's terms. Yeah, how the science of it works. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think after doing this for twenty something years, there's certain rhythms. Let me take a step back. There are there's universal human experiences that we all can relate to. It doesn't matter what background we're from, doesn't matter who you are culturally, anything like that. There are common things that all humans relate to, right? So that that helps as a starting foundation. There's all obstacles that we all deal with obstacles. We all overcome obstacles. We all have fears. We all have insecurities, right? We all have these things that are common themes. Emotionally, humans have certain cadence and rhythms that we all sort of function with as well. And so what I realized in doing television when we try to put a science to this is there are patterns in what we did in television, no matter what audience you're talking to, that just appeal to the common human experience, right? The universal human experience. And so those rhythms of how people like to consume content and how you start them off emotionally and where you take them on a journey is part of the magic of how to translate that. So I looked at all the shows I've ever done, plus all the shows and started breaking down those rhythms of when you're doing shows for these types of audiences for this purpose. And I think the math and the science of story just started becoming more and more evident the more we dug into that. And yeah, I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the best late layperson way of explaining or answering your question. So tell me if you want me to dive in more on that. It's a hard question to put in simple terms or it's in a simple answer. Yeah, man. I'm actually really curious in like how your solution compares to others. Cause I, cause before before our, our this conversation, I looked at some like content creation tools that are readily available today. Like how does Hor- like Orson compare in terms of like the user experience or maybe even the performance of the final output. Yeah. Like what sets it apart? Sure. There's there's a few key things that set it apart. One is that we use professional directors that have done this their whole life to direct people. That's one of the big first key differentiators, right? A lot of prompting and stuff you'll see is text-based and you can't direct somebody with text, right? If I asked you a question in text form, that's not how you direct people, especially people who are not used to being on camera. There's natural anxieties and different things. So when you direct somebody, there's a lot of priming and mirroring. And if I'm trying to get a, uh, get you to open up about something that's really intimate and personal, when you direct somebody emotionally, you go there with them, right? You're like, 
we all do this and you validate and you make them feel comfortable and you emotionally bring them to the tone that you want them to be. Or if I want you to say something funny or exciting, because it's a fun question, you bring that energy into the question, right? So we use video to direct people. That's one key differentiator. The second is we're bringing the, the story science from the proven realm of TV and we've baked that into these story strips and nobody's really translating what was done on this proven medium and bringing it into a user-generated content space. The third thing I would say is the production value is it is a big factor. This requires no editing, right? So there's no editing aspect of what you do with Orson. It's really an interview experience. And so from a user, from the user, what we call a showrunner, whoever the showrunner is whoever would initiate an episode, right? You say, I want to do a team episode or I want to do a life story of my grandparent or we have one we're testing right now for love stories for couples that just got engaged to capture their love story. And they select the story strip and the newly engaged couple gets interviewed together about their love story. And every they, a, a director asks them a question. They have a time limit. They answer. They can do as many takes as they want. So it, it lowers the anxiety there. They pick the take they want to go with and they walk through an interview process. And at the end of the interview process, they're basically done. And we send them back a finished episode that has music and it's edited just like we would do for a show, graphics, whatever's relevant for pictures, B-roll, all this stuff. And then once they see the final product, we do have some functionality that gives them control. Now that they see it all put together, they can go and say, ooh, now that I see this, I wish I could redo this answer. Or I want to do this thing so and go and swap out that answer and redo that one really quick. So it's it's not an editing tool it's really a a content a, a user generated content creation tool where they, there's no heavy lifting we just need to know what is the purpose of the piece you're trying to do you're trying to tell your engagement story you're trying to tell the story of your grandparent their life story or whatever it would be and then it walks into the process and serves it up at the end and and to my knowledge no no one's touching that part of the equation a lot of people are on more of the there, there's fantastic platforms out there that are focusing on content creation for social, especially if they're on the marketing front, ton of great platforms out there doing that. On the scripted side, there's amazing stuff doing that. But when it comes to unscripted, it's really in a beast to tackle, <laughs> which we've learned the hard way over the last two and a half years of, of trying to automate this. And Gen AI really has unlocked a missing piece that really takes it to the next level. So one one of the interesting things that I've never seen before is this concept of a virtual director that that you've created. Can you give me an example of how this virtual director that's created from AI, like how does it handle aspects of the storytelling that's been traditionally hard for like a real human to do? Like what's something that it can, that this virtual director can do that like a an actual live human can't do? Sure. When you say not an actual live human, you mean a live that a live human director can do? Yes, yeah. So like a real human director, yeah. what what can like a virtual director do that like a human director can't do? I don't think there's anything that it can't do. What it does is it allows you to not have to have the human director. I think the difference is it takes what would typically take a production crew to pull off and it automates it. So now you, it democratizes the ability to do this kind of storytelling and puts in everyone's pocket, right? So I don't think there's anything that the AI can do that the human can't do. It's, does that, is that answering your? Yeah, yeah, that was, a, yeah. that was another question I had. I was wondering for like handling of 
the video storytelling process? Like, yeah. how do you ensure that this AI generated content remains like unique and authentic to like the end user, mm -hmm. the creator? Yeah. Well, well, the AI generated, there's two aspects of the AI, the generative AI with Orson. One, you never see in the final product. We use generative AI to actually direct and pull more personalized story out of somebody. And then there's another side of the generator that actually ends up in the final product. So I'll explain both sides of it. The algorithmic version of Orson basically would ask you a set of questions where let's say if I asked, if I asked a question, somebody tell me where you grew up and something interesting about your childhood. And I say, I grew up in Miami and I had a, with a single mom in the algorithmic version, that would be the answer. And it would move on to the next question in the generative AI with Orson, how that would work is the generative AI picks up that listens to that question and then asks a follow-up question to say, oh, th that had to be really, that had to be a fascinating childhood. Tell me about your mom. And so it pushes cool. a follow-up question based off what they answered down. And then depending on the answer to that says, wow, there's more to dig. Um, and so it's constantly reading the answer to, and not only by the words, we're looking at the emotion, the facial expressions, the tone, we're measuring all these aspects of what their answer is saying to say, did we get to the end of that story? Or is there more of the story there that we want to get for the purpose we're trying to answer to, to go for? And oh, that goes back cool. to- That's cool. Yeah. This, so you have a feedback loop in between. There's a feedback loop. Yeah. I, and that's the key thing for purpose, right? If we were doing this for, let's say there was a story strip for a work environment, it may not be appropriate to go deeper on a question like that because we're crossing into something that's too personal. If if this was a story strip for a family telling someone's a, a story of a grandparent, you'd want to go deep on that because that's something that the audience for that is the family and they want the depth of that story archive. And so that's where the Gen AI, is, we, we program that to based on the purpose and goal of that story strip would judge how deep it goes in those questions. So that's the Gen AI on the directing side where you don't see Gen AI in the final product other than we were able to get really personalized story out of that person and push the directing. The other side of the equation, which is fascinating, is really when it comes to B-roll and music and the production value. So if I were to ask somebody's story about their childhood and they're telling us about this story about a candy store where they grow up in New York City and this pivotal moment happened to them, what we can do is we take that and we go generate imagery that takes their face, looks at, paints the picture of what they just described. And then at the end of their interview, we serve up imagery to them. And we could say, uh, based off that, based off your answer to this question, which of these images best support it? And so they can go, ooh, that one, definitely that one's great. Or if you want to, we can search and fetch images based off that. So we can analyze the answers and serve a B-roll to just add and accentuate the story uh, music generation is another thing. Like right now, by the nature of the stories we're telling, we already know musically what really works best in general. But where this is headed and where we're headed with Orson is to be able to do more of an open storytelling where we can do generative AI music scoring. So based on what the answer and emotionally, the music can be scored to go with that, just like we would do in an edit bay with an editor. So there's fascinating things that we're exploring on the generative AI side with the production value side as well. I'm curious in an era dominated by short form content, like take these TikTok videos, right? Yep. Like how do you ensure like you're getting deeper, more meaningful human connections using AI? Well, 
TikTok's a tough one. TikTok's a TikTok's obviously a brilliant platform that's done incredibly well, and it makes a lot of people who aren't great dancers look like good dancers, as my daughters would attest. There's so many dancers dancers. on TikTok. (laughs) Oh man, and it does. It makes you look like a better dancer. What I would say is, I think if you what TikTok does for people's dancing ability, Orson sort of does for your personality, right? In a way, that's a good example actually, because the way the technology is built and the templates are built, it helps you create really fun content that's entertaining. Orson's designed to do the same thing, but about your story and your personality, right? It's, it helps pull the best essence of people out. And in a fun way, it, it, we're using AI to help humans be more human. And I love that. <laughs> I think we, everybody at the company loves this journey to try to achieve that. So speaking about humans, like how do you see a balance between this new emergent technology, AI, and genuine, like human storytelling. Like, how do you balance those two? Because they're they usually butt heads. Yeah, I think, I think they butt heads when you're using it to generate to generate stories. I think that's where they butt heads. I think the interesting thing about how we're trying to flip the script on that is we're using Gen AI to help pull out the real stories, right? And then there's no conflict in that sense. We're not. We're not taking, we're not interviewing you in text form and then asking AI to fill in the blanks and puff it up where you would get into this. We're taking raw stories from people, helping pull the best out and craft that so that there is no budding in. There's no conflict there between the two, but it it is a huge problem, but we're purposely designing Orson to, we're staying way far away from that range and it's very authentic content yeah i guess what kind of like feedback or like success stories have you heard from people or like organizations that previously have no experience in like video storytelling but have used your product like any cool tidbits you want to tell me we were i i don't think i'm allowed i'm not allowed to share some of the things that are happening at the moment but hopefully we'll be able to announce some things soon with some big companies that are we're talking to and exploring with this right now on a personal level, I could tell you with the with people that we've tested this with, it's been phenomenal. How love stories were, I'll give you some examples, uh, life stories, helping to tell people's life story and capture it so that they have it forever for their kids and families. We've had an enormous amount of really killer feedback on how it's touched families to be able to capture the stories of the older generations to have into the story of the family love stories we've been we tested one out which one of my favorite things of all time is always to interview couples it's so fun to interview couples especially couples that have been together for a long time and, and the reason why that is don't you that i would sit a couple down for a show they've been married for 50 years they think they know each other like the back of their book the back of their hand and I would interview them and it was constantly like every question, you think that I didn't know you though. I didn't know you think this. And it's because we naturally stop asking questions of our family, all the people that we're close to, we don't really dive deep. And the more you know somebody, the, the longer you know somebody, the more likely you are just to stop that process, right? That's why if you've ever talked to a married couple that's been married a long time, what they always say, what's one of the top secrets? Never stop dating, right? What is that? It's sitting across, asking questions, getting to know people, and we're constantly evolving. So I think the best, some of the most profound success I've seen personally with this is 
the same thing I would see in TV where you can help people tell their stories and you see these light bulbs go on in relationships where people are just drawn together, people who work together for a long time and they'll do an episode and they're like, oh my God, I've known you for 15 years. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. And you see these connections being built. We use it at our team. So everybody that comes to work at Orson, you have to, you do an episode and then you watch an episode of your team and the bonding, it's such a close knit group that works here. And the amount of time that they've spent together, like it doesn't, you would think this group's known each other for a long time. We even do an episode on a week. We have a weekly all hands. It's called the weekly what's up. And mm -hmm. It's one, one question every week and our whole company answers it. And so every week we play this on the beginning of our zoom call. It is awesome. It's such a great way to kick off the call. They're fun questions. Everybody learned something, people who didn't think they had a lot in common with each other deepen those relationships, but it's a really, it's a powerful thing, man. What understanding people's stories, it's, it, it breaks through. I think we, we all have experiences where we all, no matter our best intentions, we all prejudge people. It's the nature of the way the brain works. And so it's easy to put people in boxes. And when you hear people's stories is the thing that makes you go, oh my gosh, this person's interesting. It's the foundation of attraction and all these things. And so it's really fun to see putting this in people's hands in real life where it, it uses the power store to unlock those connections. So given the pace of the way that AI is being developed right now, it's lightning fast. Like, where do you see the world of AI powered video storytelling in say the next five years? What do you anticipate is going to happen? I think that on the scripted side, you're going to be able to have people generate their own episodes of their favorite shows. People will be able to create their own version of, a, of Star Wars with their own endings and twists. I think it's going to be incredible how fans of of shows, IP, are going to be able to participate in the content. And it's going to unlock a whole new model. I think the entertainment, film and TV, it's going to be night and day different. It's going to be so fun for fans and of stuff. I think on the unscripted side, I think people are going to, I think AI is a huge opportunity to help people actually be more human and understand the power of, of authenticity and to help bring back a lot of what we've lost in helping unlock people's ability just to share their stories and connect and look past the superficial of, oh, just because you live in this state or this state, or you voted for this person, or you wore this, whatever it is, that it'll get back to the human level of things we all can relate to and that we can align on and bring that commonality back to humanity. So th there are some like concerns about AI taking away jobs. Everybody is really concerned about that, especially in the creative fields. Do you envision any way that we can like mitigate replacing roles in like film and TV production in the, the TV production industry? Or do you think like these roles will be replaced in the future and then like new roles are going to be popping up? What's your take on the AI takeover on jobs in the, especially in the creative fields? Yeah, absolutely. It is going to take away jobs and open up new ones. I think every technological revolution has that impact. I think AI is going to be a profound one where it empowers a lot of people to do some amazing things in, especially with how content's monetized now. People, they're being able to monetize and distribute content is now fully democratized. Anybody can do it. The problem is it's very tough to do if you don't know how to do it. I think what AI is gonna be doing is allow anybody with an interesting idea and a passion for something to 
use AI to create some really interesting content and play off its. Yes, I think it is going to take away, but I think it's going to unlock and create new aspects of the industry and field. And that is going to be more powerful. I, and I'm in that business, or I used to be in that business. I would not be, I get it scary, but better things are coming because of it. You just got to embrace it and try to be at the forefront of it. I think people, if you're, if you're sitting on the sideline, not trying to learn how to utilize this to make you better, those are the people who are going to get hurt the most. But if you look at this as a tool to make you better and to do more things, it's going to be tremendous what it's going to do. Top of your head, what's the first job that you think is going to be taken away? And then top of your head, what's the first job that you think is going to be like a net new job that's going to replace it? I think writers for sure are going to be impacted. I also think writers are going to be the new prompt engineers. <laughs> I think that's going to be that that job shift. That would be, that's my biggest piece of advice is writers need to learn how to become prompt engineers because they're going to be, they could be massively successful in that. I think that's the yeah, first I, I, to, I totally agree with you on that as well. To wrap things up, what advice are you going to, would you want to give to anybody that wants to venture into the world of content creation and the evolving world of AI? I, I think authenticity. Don't everybody has a unique voice and unique stories and anchoring in who you are authentically and using AI to help tell that in interesting ways is the way to go. I think that's in all the content I've ever produced. That is the differentiator. It's the reason why the content creators on YouTube and all the social platforms, the ones that are successful are the ones that are authentic. That is the defining difference. So if you use the technology, don't try to be something you're not creating content that you're not really attached to or passionate about. Find what you're, find that passion, your voice and stick to that. Don't chase the trends and chase what you think other people want to hear. Be you and the audience will find you. So if I needed to get in touch with you, John, how do I do it? Info at heyorson.com. But yeah, anybody who's interested in technology would love to talk to them. Great. Awesome. Pleasure to have you on the show. And until next time, thanks for listening in. Thank you for having me.